while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. I thought he did a. I thought he did a good job. You know, so far, Marcus, um, I've been impressed with all the candidates. Even if you don't agree with them, um, I think we've. I think we've had a, a nice group of people that have come through, challengers and incumbents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I think at the end of the day, Marcus, what it, what it proves to me is that people get elected because not just for what they stand for, but for how they act. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've got to be a likable person if you're going to make it in politics, right? It's not just because you're so smart and you know everybody and you're wealthy, things like that. I mean, you've got to have a personality about you. I thought, uh, again, the streak continues. I thought Dr. Swift was a very nice guy. Um, he yeah. laughed with us. That's what counts, right? Exactly. No, he was good. Know, good guy. Yeah. Um, I think I think he'll, you know, look, it's an uphill climb. Yes. As he admitted. I mean, he's, not, he's, he's obviously a smart guy. He's a doctor. Um, he knows that uh, it's an uphill climb, um, but boy, oh boy, I'm glad that despite what's happening at the top of the ticket and with the Republican Party in Massachusetts, um, it's nice to see this farm team. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the voters are going to do with them, but um, and you the problem is you've got some strong incumbents, mm-hmm. right? So when you go to vote, and I'm going to be one of these voters, I'm going to have to say, well. I know that Bill Strauss does a good job, and I, and I appreciate his, his length of service. I appreciate his experience. I appreciate the way the House of Representatives works, right? He's a chairman. He's a chairman because of longevity and his own abilities. Um, but Dr. Swift is a real good candidate, right? And I'd like to encourage Dr. Swift. But at the end of the day, you can only vote once, right? Unless you figured out some other way, Marcus, you communist. Uh, <laughs> but my point being is, as I said... Um, about um, the Westport kid there, Genro, right? You've got Genro, and you have um, um, his opponent, the uh, you know the gentleman farmer who was in here, very nice guy. You'd like to see both of them in the legislature, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Um, but unfortunately, that's that's how representative democracy works, Marcus. Right? At the end of the day, the voter has to make a decision. So we'll have to make a decision in November. Um, by the way, folks, early voting is starting. Yeah. Early voting is starting um, the 22nd of October. Um, I have to tell you something. I like the fact that it's easier to vote. I do like that. 
I don't like early voting um, in the sense that, as I was telling you yesterday off the air, Marcus, I don't have a sense of the calendar the way I used to have, right? I'm not as involved on a day-to-day basis with political campaigns like I used to be. So I don't know the calendar the way I used to know, right? When you should be doing this and when you should be doing that. Um, The early voting, right? I mean, October 22nd is very early to start voting. And I feel like you don't have a full picture yet of the candidates. In a couple more years, maybe you will. Um, Because candidates will get better. The the campaigns will get more sophisticated. They'll put their information out in time. Um, so here's here's the thing. Uh, I don't think the thing is is October surprises are kind of. I don't think they're all that frequently occurring, right? Um, in a lot of races, and if you don't know that you're going to be available on Tuesday, November, whatever, November eighth this time around, then you might as well go vote. So I like so so I like the fact that you can vote. I, I do like that. I like the fact that it's removed. Some of the barriers, you know, I always used to early vote. I'd go to city town hall and get my mm-hmm. ballot because I'd vote absentee early because generally I was busy on election day. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I'm involved and I'm thinking about it, you know, it makes me a little different than most people. Yeah. I don't think if you listen to this program. So I do like the fact that more people get to vote, mm-hmm. right? Um, and busier people get to vote. Yeah. Right. Um, but there are, as, as I was saying to one of the candidates off the air, if someone doesn't vote, they generally don't vote. Yeah. Right? I mean, you either vote or you don't vote. Well, I think there has been some increased participation in these um, in the in the primaries from last time. And there will be in the general. And we know that there was increased participation in the 2020 elections as well as a result of early voting. So one of the things I like is not just more participation of voting but more participation in the dialogue running up to the election, yeah. right? Right. In other words, and that's one of the things we try to do here on the program by having the candidates in, is so that when you're out there, it's not a totally blind crapshoot that right. you're going for, right? Yeah. But gee, I listen to Dr. Swift, or, or I listen to Bill Strauss, right? Yeah. I know, with, or I agree with him on this, I disagree with him on that, whatever it is, right? That, that you're not blind on these issues. That, you, that if you're going to vote, hopefully you're going to vote with a little more information. Yeah. Than you would have had. So, um, you know, speaking of giving voters more information, we've got, you know, Jeff Swift lives in Mattapoisin. Mattapoisin's in Plymouth County. Yes. We have, nice transition. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've done better, but that, that one was decent. So um, We've all done worse. <laughs> yeah, we've all done worse. That's true. So, uh, you especially. <laughs> yes. My firearm transition. Yes. So, uh, Speaking of dead kids, by the way. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Okay, so. Uh, well, we have a debate coming up. Yeah, we do. So, well, first of all, we have the sheriff's debate, which everybody knows about, um, and it's going to be uh, that's that's huge, right? But we also booked a debate for Plymouth County District Attorney. Now, what's cool about that is, like the sheriff's race, this is one of only two debates, right? So I asked both both camps. They have one debate at a South Shore radio station, and then we have one debate down here, which I like for a couple reasons. One, we're covering more, like we cover a really good portion of the southern part of Plymouth County. Yes. you know, we we know that you're out there in Marion, Mattapoisett, Rochester, uh, Wareham, Wareham uh, Lakeville, Lakeville, 
Plymouth. Uh, we know we've got listeners in college in Plymouth and Middleborough, uh, Carver. So uh, we get to we get to cover the, the more southern part of the of the county, and with our I think broader digital reach, we can actually reach everybody. I and think we, so, and Marcus. We, and, yeah. we, and we will yeah. reach everybody uh, with this debate because this race. I looked at it. There's about four or five hundred thousand dollars. You know, probably sunk into this race. I think Rasan Hall's got raised. Um, I think. Almost $100,000 more than Tim Cruz has. Which is an enormous today. sum of money for a non-Boston race. Yeah, it really is. It's funny, actually, because Rasan Hall, I look at his, um, Rasan Hall, first of all, Rasan Hall's a, uh, um, uh, you know, a very accomplished attorney, was a prosecutor for eight years, um, I think is a, a very good candidate. Uh, it's tough to beat a it's it's tough to beat a, a longtime incumbent uh, like Tim Cruz and Tim Cruz has had Democratic challengers throughout his 21 or 22 years in office and has largely been uh, has largely been um, well actually he's never been defeated. Not only has he never been defeated, he's won by a lot. They never even touched him, yeah. Never even touched him. The last one is, and even in, the last one was in 2018, where it was really crappy to be a Republican, actually. Right. And he still won, I think, 57% of the vote against John Bradley. So, um, but I think Rasan Hall might be, like, Rasan Hall, I think, is a pretty good candidate. And we talk about Boston. He did, you know, that's where he did get his uh, start as an attorney. He worked as a Suffolk uh, County prosecutor for eight years. But um, his. I look. I look at his website. It's very. Um, it's very Boston. It's it's got a very Boston look to it. Honestly, okay. Um, I I think I look at like Boston Democrats running for office. And you look at his website. I think there's a lot of similarities uh, between him and some other races that I've seen up there uh, with their with their uh, with their websites um, with their websites as well. So. Um, uh, and it has also had fundraising in Boston. I think a significant amount of fundraising in the uh, in the Boston area. I know he's had at least two of them uh, two of them out there. Um, so that's where he's getting a lot of support as well. And there's also support. That, I mean, there's just there's a lot of support like from people that don't usually weigh into county races, like uh, Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey, right? Members so he of Congress, comes out of the NAACP, right? Uh, the oh, ACLU. ACLU. ACLU, ACLU, yeah. So you would think that. That that's a heavy fundraising organization. Yeah. Um, so you'll see where he, where where he can tap into that liberal money. There's a lot of liberal money. Um, you know what I noticed about the sheriff's race, Marcus? Not to, not to go off because I want to continue this conversation, but I noticed um, Haru is starting to see more money from the Cambridge, Boston area. Yeah. I just looked and bigger donations, five hundred dollars, things like that. Um, and I always thought there was a lot of money in the Boston area. Um, for yeah. a Democrat, uh, uh, for to, the sheriff to 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 run against um, Tom Hodgson of all people too, right? Oh yeah, particularly because it is Tom Hodgson. Yeah, right. I, I remember years ago I was involved with a candidate who ran against Barney Frank, right? And I said to him, "You're not going to raise any money, but Barney Frank's going to raise a million bucks for you, right? Yeah, right. Because it's Barney Frank. Yeah, right. The idea that if you're even a minutely credible candidate, mm -hmm. someone's going to write you a check. Yeah, right. Exactly. A, a few years earlier than that. There had been a guy from Georgia who ran against Ted Kennedy. He got he knew he could get the signatures. He raised over a million dollars in direct mail from Georgia, even though he didn't live in Massachusetts, no to run against Ted Kennedy. Yeah, no one gave him the money. They gave the money because he's running against Ted Kennedy. Exactly. So in in the case of Tom Hodgson, Tom Hodgson's a national figure. There is money out there. Um, so with Rashawn Hall, I think he's got an excellent network um, around the. Um, 
the Boston area. We know that, right? Yes. And you're seeing that come in. Uh, Tim Cruz is no slouch, um, but he doesn't have that kind of... He's got Republican money, South Shore Republican money. That district attorney's office has been a long-time Republican-held office. Yes. Uh, um, uh, Sullivan had it before that, um, The who, who became U.S. attorney for Massachusetts. Well, that's what happened. Sullivan became U.S. attorney for Massachusetts, acting Governor Jane Swift had interviewed the potential candidates for DA. Right. And Tim Cruz is one of them, and then he uh, confirmed him. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so here's, I mean... Here's the thing, like, uh, I I don't, it's two starkly different candidates, I think, in Main, this race. Big time, right? You know, I, I think that, I do think, you know, I listened to the Tim, Ted, I listened to both of them, but I listened to the Tim Tim Cruz interview again. I, I listened to the, some of the the things that they have going on. Tim Cruz, even though he's a Republican, does seem a bit less of uh he's a you know he's definitely he's a massachusetts republican he's definitely a massachusetts republican right. i i that, that's the the impression i got from him you know he talked about he was uh you know more sympathetic to diversion you know right. he talked about um you know he talked about the some of the extracurricular programs he says we're not your grandfather's da's office was the big line that he had that's he right. talked about a lot of the extra programs they had to you know he's talking about uh meeting kids on the front end and getting uh you know trying to reduce trauma in schools and talked about a lot of the programs we had there so he's definitely more of a massachusetts uh republican still i think there's still some stark contrasts with um with rasan hall um and i you know i wonder it, it it's it's a it's a tough district for a guy like Hall, you know? I would say so, but he does have Brockton. He's And he lives in Brockton, right? Yeah. So he lives in Brockton. He does have Brockton. I don't know how well of a... I don't know how um, strong of a voter turnout that is in... in um, in Brockton, I don't know what their turnout figures are, but if he can get more turnout in in the Brockton area, I think he can definitely uh, make this a, uh, make this a challenge. And the, you know, the Democratic pockets of the um, of the of the state. I mean, there are some Republican reps in that area. There was a Republican senator right. for a time. Uh, and, Vinny DiMacito. Yeah, Vinny DiMacito. Then he yeah. left, and Sue Moran won. Uh, was it against Jay McMahon? Yeah, it was against Jay. It was against Jay McMahon. Yeah. So you do have. Um, I would say that this is not a good, going to be a good year outside of Massachusetts. It'll be a good year outside of Massachusetts for Republicans. Not not a great year, probably for Republicans in Massachusetts. Uh, give it, give it, given what we've talked about in the past. I but, just I said it yesterday the 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 what the the real story in this governor's race isn't the race itself because Maura Healy's going to win. Yes, it's how does Maura Healy's race affect the other races? I agree with you. That's and, the story. And the. Um, the fact that you have crime as an issue in the DA's race, obviously, mm -hmm. and in the sheriff's race, that's that's what those issues are about, right? Those tend to benefit Republicans. Um, yeah. Even in this climate right now, they yeah. do tend to, to, to benefit Republicans. Um, but the problem is going to be, is that enough to get Republicans to the polls? Yeah. Or or more conservative, not even Republicans, conservative unenrolled voters yeah. who are going to, you know, who generally would vote Republican if they had a reason to vote, but they don't have a reason to vote. They don't have a reason to vote, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you looked the other night, at, and I, I really, I don't want to beat up on Jeff Deal anymore, but but I, I guess I have to. The, um, the fact that He's not a new candidate, okay? Mm -hmm. 
He's been on television many times. He was on a national stage when he ran against Liz Warren. He knew what he had to do the other night. Yeah. But he didn't do it. No. And I don't mean he didn't do it because he didn't succeed. He didn't even try to do it. He was unprepared. He didn't try. Yeah. Marcus, he did not try. He didn't try. Look, the, the name of the game, and maybe it doesn't seem right, but is to get out a one-liner, to make it interesting, to get yourself on the morning news. Right? I watched the morning news. I, I, I was saying he doesn't have a, a, a people seat moment. There you go. He doesn't have an it's the people seat moment. Right? They, you know, look, she has a long record, okay? Yeah. There's plenty of things he could have picked out, and, and even if he misconstrued them, they would have got him in the morning news. Yeah. Right? Even if Lady said that wasn't fair, wouldn't have mattered. He would have gotten a free hit. Yeah. But the fact that he didn't even try... um. I, I thought it was just bad, just yeah. really, you know, but but it it didn't surprise me. Well, and then, again, that's a, that's going to be a problem for for guys like Tim Cruz and guys like Tom Hodgson. Right. That's going to be a problem for them. They have to really uh, get on. They have to really be on the ground and trying to get people to the polls because I think that I think that is an issue. And with Rasan Hall, I mean, you know. I don't know how voters in Plymouth County uh, feel about these issues. You know, I, I they elect Tim Cruz every year, so I guess they feel his way. The one right? thing, I would say not the one thing that they have, but Cruz and Hodgson have been elected and re-elected by a huge a number of voters over the years. They've yeah. got a deep bench of name recognition. They've got the trust of the voters. They clearly both get elected with independents and, and uh, Democrats. Um, that go that is in their favor, um, but having such drag at the top of the ticket. Yeah, and I wonder. You know, here's the thing. I wonder. I I, I know I talked to local Democrats in in the Tri Town. I've talked to local Democrats elsewhere in Plymouth County, and they're enthusiastic about Rasan Hall. Um, they don't. You know, they're enthusiastic about Rasan Hall. They're enthusiastic about his vision for criminal justice in Plymouth County. And so um, I, I wonder how much more enthusiasm he has uh, behind him. Uh, you know, um, actually, I think we should, we got time to take a break. We'll, 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 we'll take a deep dive more into the, the I think, the um, philosophies of the candidates sure. after. Yeah. So, um, so Marcus, the, um, there is a real difference, yeah, in the Plymouth County District Attorney. I, I think Rasan Hall believes, uh, uh, I mean, uh, believes a lot more in diversion than Tim Cruz does. Uh, I, I think I would say that's probably putting it mildly. Yeah, right. Because um, I think he's 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 I think he's modeling himself after Rachel. I mean, he is. He he's he's actually said that unabashedly. He's modeling himself after Rachel Rollins. When he was here with me, he said that. Um, he said that you you know you look at Boston, you look at the crime data. Uh, it shows that Rachel Rollins' um, methodology works, and even her predecessor's methodology works. So, I do think that I excuse me, I applaud him for not trying to be mealy mouthed about it. Yeah, right. He's got a he's got a an approach. Um, I, I don't happen to agree with it, but look, he he's the guy who's who's running for the job. He's going to get out there, and, and Cruz has got a different approach, and we're going to have him right here, and they're going to go at it. 
Yeah. Right? It's going to be great. Um, I think they'll both be very good, very disciplined. They're both, they're both trial attorneys. They're both trial attorneys. Right. They're both very experienced trial attorneys and very good speakers. Rasan Hall is actually a reverend. So, really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a really sonorous voice, too. Um, and uh, it's a good word. I like it's the that. word of the night. I do, I do like sonorous. That. I like that. Uh, so, um, I was going to make my thesaurus joke, but it doesn't qualify because I know you have one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, though? Let me tell you something. I never think, you know, when people are like, oh, did you look in the, the, the thesaurus? Like, you should look in a thesaurus. I love the thesaurus. You, you should look in that. Like, everybody, people people make fun of, like, I, that's always like a joke. Like, oh, you went to thesaurus.com? Like, yeah, I did. I went so, to thesaurus.com. So my mother had a really extensive vocabulary. And she taught us words, and she would purposely use words growing up that we didn't know. So yeah. we have to look them up and things like yeah, that. Yeah. And tell you the truth... I've always had a dictionary and a thesaurus. I, I find it to be really interesting. Mm -hmm. I always have. Well, you know, I think if you learn a new word, you have to find a way to introduce it into conversation organically. Right. Don't. Don't shoehorn it in. Don't shoehorn. Yeah, exactly. Don't shoehorn your new word into conversation because then you sound like an idiot. So I grew up reading William F. Buckley, the National Review, and um, my, my parents had William of F. Buckley. Of course you did books in the house, right? Um, people always say to me, how'd you, how'd you learn about McCarthy? Because there was a book in the basement on him by William F. Buckley. But anyway, the... Um, You're talking about Joe McCarthy. Joe McCarthy, yeah, because Buckley worked for him. But the um, the fact of the matter is that if you, if you read a lot, you have a pretty good vocabulary. Obviously, mm -hmm. you've read a lot, Marcus. Um, I, but I do I do enjoy that that use of the words that you use. Yeah. Sonorous voice. Sonorous is a good... Yes, exactly. And it was... It was it worked. It was an it was an aptly used word. You didn't stumble over it. I you didn't stumble it right over it. Right. I just said sonorous. Yep. Now, of course, we're all going to be listening to Rashan when he comes in to see if he lives up to the billing. Exactly. And I think he will. I I don't, I don't think he'll disappoint. I, I think if people heard him when I had him back in August, uh, I think they might have said that. Well, they were probably looking for a way to describe his voice, and, and now they have. They've one. been scratching their head for months on it, and then they. I said sonorous, and they said sonorous. That's it. <laughs> What a mellifluous word. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a guy down the Cape, a, a talk show host, uh, who uses that word, mellifluous. So the stroke, took, the stroke took a few things away. Yeah. Like I didn't try to, you know, we would, there's some names I now don't bother trying to pronounce. Um, not words, but just some people's names. I try to stay away from um, because they just don't come out right anymore. But anyway, so Marcus. Yeah. There's a real difference between Ted, Tim Cruz and Rashan Hall. I think I think you're right R about probably the the, the biggest Rashan Rashan, not Rashan. Yeah, no, I did that. I did that in front of him. I actually I said Rashan. I'm like, wait, is it Rashan? He he was polite. He didn't correct me. And I said, wait, is it Rashan or Rashan? He said Rashan. I was like, okay, Rashan. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I just shouldn't have attempted that word. <laughs> so the um, the guy, the guy, the guy, that guy over there, the attorney hall, the attorney Democrat hall. Um, so for people at home, Rachel Rollins, as you as you pointed out so accurately, that is his model. Yeah, there was a big discussion when she became the U.S. attorney. So there is some information out there that people are looking for. They want to get a, a sense. Um, but at the same time, Tim Cruz is not a. Um, throw the key away type of guy. No. Um, Tim Cruz has lived through the opioid crisis as a prosecutor, where I would imagine 
He prosecuted people whose kids he knew. Yeah. Right? He prosecuted families of people he knew. Mm-hmm. He's been the prosecutor for a long time there in Plymouth County. He's lived through that. When, yeah. when this the opioid epidemic exploded, right? Sure. And I know they had, we had problems everywhere, but Plymouth County had a lot of problems. Yeah. There was a lot of um, problems in the Plymouth County area. Um, he had massive problems down the Cape. Well, he talked about it. He said that there's a, there was, he found when this was starting to happen that there were groups that were forming all over Plymouth County and Marshfield and Plymouth and, um, uh, you know, and Hanson or wherever. All these, all these groups were forming in that county. And so he f- tried to find a way to coalesce them, actually, so that they could um, work, uh, work collectively towards, towards dealing with the opioid epidemic. But, you know, I, I think that... Um, he he talked about you know he said that uh, you know my opponent and I are nothing alike. Okay, and he said he wanted to get rid of life felony, uh, life without parole, which I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't get a chance to ask him about it. The problem is when we have candidates on, <clears throat> there's usually so much to talk about. I agree with you, Mark. I agree <laughs> there's usually so much to talk about. I didn't get to, but um, I know he's against cash bail. I personally am against cash bail uh, as well. I, I don't think I, I don't think cash bail is. I, I don't think it's just. Um, for a lot of reasons, uh, to include the fact that like I've had um, a non-zero amount of clients that I represented uh, not be able to post a hundred dollars bail. So and- explain. So Marcus, for those of us who don't have no experience really with the criminal justice system, what is cash bail? I mean, it seems obvious, but what is it? Yeah. So here's how the. Here's how the like the process works. Okay, uh, someone comes into the courthouse. Um, let's just say I'm on duty that day, right? Let's say I'm one of the duty attorneys, um, which means you're one of the attorneys that gets appointed. Like, there's two private practice attorneys that get appointed a, a bunch of cases. They okay. split them throughout the day. Lawyer of the day is lawyer. It? Lawyer of the day. Yeah, basically lawyer of the day. Okay, duty. You're on duty, right? Something like that. So uh, let's say I'm the duty attorney, or I'm the lawyer of the day. There's two of them. Always two because there's always there's always the situation like there could be a situation with multiple defendants you can't you know and they don't oh, want to sure. they don't want to represent uh two people representing one person representing two people anyway so um so uh anyway so let's a case comes to me right and i read the police report i go to the da they read the police report and i ask them what are you asking for right and they'll say I'm asking for a thousand dollars cash bail. And for what, what type of charge would this be? Um, let's say a thousand dollars cash bail for maybe uh, assault and battery. Let's okay. say that, and let's say it's because this guy has on his record um, uh, a previous conviction of assault and battery, okay. or even you're not supposed to do this, a quaff on assault and battery, right? Or he ha- just has on his record other charges, right? That that would indicate this person has a record, right? Okay. And so they say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for $1,000 for assault and battery. Okay. And so we'll we'll go up there um, and, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the guy. I'll get all of his information. I'll tell him that the Commonwealth's asking for $1,000. How much can you pay? Okay. Uh, a lot of the times they can't pay $1,000. Sometimes right. they can, but you never tell the judge that they can, right? Okay. All right. So, so you go up there. They make their case they say well you know this guy has you know this situation you know he has this this and this going on he has this on his record um you know he uh maybe he's had a lot of defaults too like maybe he's not showing up to court quite a bit okay so they want to make sure he does show up to court and then i'm you know trying to argue that hey this guy okay well he has a previous 
previous conviction for assault and battery, but that was back in 2006, right? Okay. Or, yeah, he defaulted a couple times, but that was because he had this going on. Okay. You know, since that time, he has been, you know, in recovery. He has uh, a job. He works at uh, wherever. He works at the, the McDonald's, and he works uh, full-time, and he has two kids, and he has a wife. And to, you know, to hold him on $1,000 cash bail is essentially hold him without bail. So he you has know? to have $1,000. He'd have to have a, yeah, someone would have to have $1,000 for him, basically. Someone okay. would have to pay that for him. And it would be a cash or a, uh, I don't think they do checks. I think I think they'd have to bring cash to the. Um, do we to don't the have bail office. bondsmen here, do we? There are some. Okay. I've never dealt with any. Okay. Um, it's typically just been you know, and I, and sometimes I'll know that they're going to ask for cash bail. Like, and sometimes they'll tell me I've got five hundred dollars, and I'll say, you know, we're requesting five hundred dollars to hold them, and more than five hundred dollars is essentially. You know, to hold him without bail is what I always try to make the point because if they only have five hundred bucks, if you ask for six hundred, they're being held. Right. right. Okay. If right. You, if you put down six hundred, they're being held. So we try to make that. Um, you try to make that case, but essentially, what you're doing is, let's say the judge does six hundred dollars, or let's say the judge agrees with the DA and does a thousand dollars. Let's say the judge can does two thousand dollars because they can do whatever the hell they want. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Um, uh, one of the biggest bail discrepancies, uh, Kate, the biggest bail discrepancy requests uh, versus judgment I ever dealt with was um, one of the DAs uh, asked for $20,000 on a case. This guy had a bad record, right? Okay. Very, very bad record. Um, but uh, had been out for about five, six years uh, on parole, um, was a model parolee, right? And... Um, a model parolee, and what this is what saved the what saved the the client is that the judge. Uh, I had the case come up right. He the 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 case got called for a bail argument. The clock struck one. It's time for lunch. <laughs> I told him, please come back. I told him too. I said they're asking for twenty thousand. Guy lost. Uh, you know, lost their mind, right? Because like, he has to have twenty grand in cash. Yeah, he's twenty okay. grand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or two hundred thousand surety. Oh. So you know, maybe <laughs> if he owned a house, right? Okay, but that's even hard. Apparently, I've never even dealt with it. That's apparently even hard to to execute the surety. Um, so um, so uh, I so the lunch break happened. The guy comes back. I start to make my argument about how he's a model parolee and all that. And then it goes the the judge stops and goes, "Wait a second." Did you tell him that he had $20,000 cash bail hanging over his head? I said, yes. And he goes, and he still came back? That's beautiful. He said, yes. And he goes, personal recognizance. He goes, what am I going to do? He goes, personal recognizance. That's which means, a good judge, which means, Yeah, it was a great, it was always oh, a great decision. It was a great, it was, oh, it was, great, it was great. It was awesome. Um, and I was really excited about it. Um, I, I did, I got a little mad at the DA for asking for that amount of bail. but It that, seems excessive. Yeah, they had their reasons. I know the the DA is a is was a, a good lawyer, a good DA, but I had my reasons. But anyway, actually, one of my um, one of my uh, that same judge. It's a good, it's a good story. Right? Oh, yeah. We'll just tell some yeah, stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so uh, the same DA. Uh, I mean, that same judge. Uh, one of my very first days as a duty attorney. This was you know six seven years ago. One of my very first days as a duty attorney. I was up there, and the judge. Uh, I had a case and it was somebody who had done some petty, stupid crime and was set to graduate from high school in a week. And I said, you know, to do this, you know, to hold this person on any kind of bail because they don't have any money because they're, you know, whatever, 18 years old would essentially be holding, you know, what is, you know, I think would really sidetrack um, that person, this person's life and whatever. And then the, the judge says to me, well, you know, it would 
sidetrack someone's life, Attorney Farrow, is committing crimes. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to that? I was stunned because it's kind of a crazy thing for a judge to say, to be honest with you. And I said, well, 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 your honor, I would, would remind the court that there's a presumption of innocence. Right. <laughs> he right. goes, oh, would you? <laughs> <laughs> he says, oh, would you? You know, I've been practicing law for 30 years. I was a U.S. assistant U.S. attorney. But you're going to remind me that there's a presumption of innocence. Oh, thank you very much, Attorney Farrow. But eventually, I, I mean, I made my case. The guy was released on personal recognizance. You won him over? The next, the next, yeah, I did. The next uh client came out and the client yells out i'm innocent goes, uh, i know you have a presumption of innocence attorney farrell will tell you all about it uh, <laughs> that's a good story it was Mark. good it was good that's a good yeah, story it was it, yeah it was it was good um marcus the um on the issue of cash bail I, I have a friend of mine who worked in the courts for a long time he's not a naive guy by any stretch i wouldn't put him in the he's not a liberal or any of that mm-hmm. thing like that just been around the courts a long time mm-hmm he, and he always would remind me, bail is not punishment. It's a condition to get you to go back to show up again to court. Sure. That you're not using bail. Bail should not be used as a punishment. Exactly. And that oftentimes the public doesn't think that way. Why would they think that? We don't know. I mean, most people, like, I, I readily admit it. The most I know about it has been distorted by television. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, I have friends in the courts and people tell me things. I learn things. But it's not the same. I mean, it's 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 flight risk, uh, you know, whether or not they're going to show up to the court, basically, and whether or not that person's a danger to the public. Right. Those are the two things. If if they don't meet those that criteria, theoretically, there should be personal recognizance. And according to the bail statute... There is a presumption of personal recognizance, but, you know, you know how presumptions go. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yeah, hey, uh, on that, 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 yeah, that was that was really good of you to do that. I was fat of you, Marcus, <laughs> for, for that high school kid. What was the end result? Was he innocent or guilty? Uh, I, it was the, the, there was a dismissal the case got dismissed actually, eventually. Oh, oh, okay. For, well, for a couple, for a couple of reasons, but the case got dismissed. I can't get too much into detail, but yeah. Yeah. I was just, yeah. I was just curious on that one. A good show tonight. Thanks. Guys. Thank you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Hey, listen, let's take a break. I'll be right back. 1420 WB. Yeah. That's what we call a technicality. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. um, so the uh, off-air podcast, the off-air podcast, yes. So it's, it's in the so DA's good. race, um, and again, folks, we know that people who live in the Mattapoisett Marion area who listen to this program, um, you you haven't been getting as much attention with this DA's race, but yeah, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. It's commercial free from. Uh, it's on. Te- I didn't even mention the date yet. It's uh, October thirty first on Halloween. So you take your kids out trick or treating early. You come home and you, or or if you're out and about, you you leave it in your car. You can leave the debate on in your car. That's right. Or you can have the app on. Maybe you have one earbud in. You know, while your kids knocking on doors, you can have. Or if you just, or just, uh, you know, if you don't have kids, you can stay home and listen to the debate. You can wear a costume. <laughs> you can you can be Tim you Cruise can. or Rasan Hall. Watch out. <laughs> yeah. So well, so, or if you miss it, we have the podcast. We have the podcast, yeah. So no matter what, you have no excuse. And I'll definitely write a column on that. Yes, there's going to be some uh, there's going to be some stuff on that debate for sure. Uh, I'm really excited about. But you have a real choice. You do. You have a real choice. Two 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 different candidates. You're not. It's not a primary where you have to wonder. Well, 
they're about like the same, and mm-hmm. I know this guy or that guy. No, no, these folks are very, very different. And they've said that themselves. I would say that even generationally different. Yeah, I don't know how old... Uh, how old do you say Rashad? I don't want to guess people's age. No, here. I guess not, right? Yeah. He seemed like a younger guy to he's, me. He's definitely younger than, okay. than Diego. But sure. I don't think he's young. No, he's not young. Not because young. because he, I think he... I think he started as a as, as a DA in like the late two thousands. Okay, like late two. I, I want to say that. I want to say late two thousands. Right, but but I'm nonetheless, sure. he's a very experienced guy. Yeah, oh, very experienced. I mean, eight year eight years as a uh, prosecutor in Suffolk County, he handled, um, you know, he handled and he prosecuted murders and rapes and all those more serious cases. He's prosecuted life felonies. You get a lot of experience, um, Marcus. You you may or may not know this, but our our former district attorney. Uh, Paul Walsh, that's where he got his start, working in the Boston District. He worked for Newman Flanagan as a prosecutor. The volume of crime up there. Yeah, right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's it's, it's enormous. And the, 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 the variety... Yeah, I mean, you know, looking back on it, honestly, and I liked hanging my own shingle as soon as I started off as a lawyer. It, it provided me a lot of freedom, sure. right, and a lot of ability to do, you know, because I didn't just do criminal law. Uh, I actually started off not doing criminal law. I did a lot of other stuff before I, I got on the bar advocate list. So, um, but, I, you know, I, um, I, I would have, like, looking back on it, I would have maybe considered... Uh, you know, trying to apply for a position at the the ADA's uh, at the DA's office and being an ADA because of the immense trial experience that you get right, right off the bat. Because when you have cases as a, de- as a defense attorney, not every case, most cases don't go to trial. But right. when you're a DA, all the cases that do go to trial, you're if you're the you're if you're in courtroom three that day, you know you're taking those cases, so you get a lot more in court uh, in court experience than than if you're a practicing attorney. So I mean, looking back on it, I think it's a great way to honestly start a career is starting off in the DA's office. I know the pay isn't great, but the experience is worth uh, is worth it. So, you know, from, from the attorneys that, that I know, they, they, they echo exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side, I remember Eddie Boyer, when he got started, um, who's since lost his law license, but um, Eddie, Eddie was a Freetown guy and a hell of a defense attorney. He would just take every case to trial. Yeah. Right? He said, no, no, we're going to go to trial. Like, yeah, yeah. And, um, he won a lot of trials, but he got a lot of experience. Yeah, exactly. Right? Well, the, the thing is with the DAs, too, sometimes, like, one of the rookie moves, and I made it once, is you try to threaten them with, like, oh, I'll file a motion to suppress. And they're like, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I might not be here. It might be somebody else. And if I'm there, I'll just argue it. You right, know? Right. It's like, you're not hanging me up. I'm in court all day anyway. I don't right. care. You know, <laughs> right. like, right. So, so you're like, I'll file a motion to suppress. Okay, file the motion. You know, <laughs> we, we, we learned from, you know, Chris Markey. We had him in. We talked a lot about his experience when he was, you know, he was running for re-election. And uh, it's clear that he got a lot of experience when he was an assistant district attorney, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, working there and, and the um, just what you see. Right. Yeah. Um, again, I said this before dur- during the DA's race, the volume of misery that you're subjected to. Yeah, it's really yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, when you're the district yeah. attorney or an assistant district attorney. Yeah. The volume of misery yeah, that you the, see. The desperation is is, is in, in those courthouses, honestly. It's palpable. we got to take this break. We'll be right back. Here's what's happening this week on Fair Podcast. Yeah, no, no kidding. I just stunned was, Marcus into silence. That was... That was the most off-air podcast moment, right. I think. Yeah, I can't really. tell the story on the air, but not because it's of swears, but because of confidentiality. Yeah. There are amazing things you see in those courtrooms. Really? That's incredible. So... Yeah. Marcus, we've got a lot to talk about in the next hour. Yeah, let's let's. let's but we like your calls as well. Yeah, you can call in at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. It's a Friday night, and 
the best, most fun thing you can do on a Friday night is call into call into our program. We always have a good time. The callers are always on point on Friday nights. Absolutely. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, and at 508-996-0500, we actually have a minute uh, before I saw you try to take off your headphones. And we have a minute, actually. So I just want to brush my hair. You no. just wanted to brush your hair. <laughs> I had to look good yeah. for, the next, yeah. for the next hour. But, um, yeah, it's it's go- so look, folks, I hope you appreciate we have the sheriff's debate Yes. next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Then the district attorney's debate from... And, you know, we didn't get a district attorney's debate in the primary. No. So this will be the... And, and again, folks, I think it'll be better than anything that's going to be on, on Tucker Carlson I, that I night. Did see, I did see D.A. Quinn the other day. He's interested in coming back on. Good. So we'll Very good guy. We'll, yeah, we'll, and, we'll um, definitely have him back on. Uh, there's a guy who sees a lot of misery. Yeah. I mean, it's just the only... When I started thinking about about that DA's race, right? It, between he and Shannon. Yeah. I just started thinking, you have to be a special kind of person to be the district attorney. I agree. You know? All right. Well, we're going to, we'll see you in the nine o'clock hour.